For hundreds and hundreds of years, the people of God lived by the old covenant set up by God, where they sacrificed animals for sins. And there were many rules and letters of the law in the Old Testament. Now there will arise apostles of Jesus at the temple, telling them that they no longer have to sacrifice animals, telling them there is a new covenant that they will go by. The strength of getting their attention came from the working of miracles because when miracles were worked and the lame could all of a sudden walk, the blind could see, these are things that weren't happening in the synagogues, in the Jewish temples of the Old Testament. This was completely new, and it drew multitudes to the apostles because they had much sickness and they came from lands around Jerusalem to be healed, and they were all healed. So it got their attention. But there's also going to be a preaching of salvation through the blood of Jesus and no longer a need to sacrifice animals for their sins. And many other things will be done done away with because God, with the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, is going to set up the new covenant. He describes the new covenant for us in Hebrews chapter 8. Start at verse 7 of Hebrews chapter 8. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. They no longer would have to go to a prophet to find out the will of God. They will hear directly from God. He will put the Holy Spirit into each believer in the new covenant. This will be completely different. Now the apostles are going to be coming into the synagogue saying, Now we have salvation through the blood of Jesus, which is completely different. 
you no longer have to do animal sacrifices to pay for your sins. They are going to preach salvation by faith in Jesus. Well, this just turns the world upside down. The priest and all the rulers of the synagogue are terrified. The people are torn between the two covenants. Do I follow the ones that my ancestors followed? Or do I follow this new preaching that is being brought in by the apostles of Jesus? Everything exploded. The apostles were in great torment from the rulers of the synagogue. That is the setting of the book of Acts. It's going to usher in the new covenant. And the amazing thing to me is that the apostles of Jesus went into the synagogue itself preaching this new covenant and Jesus changing the ways of the tradition for generations and generations and generations where they worshipped God in the Old Covenant. Acts chapter 4. The apostles have gone into the synagogue, have caused a lame man to be healed and be able to walk. He was lame From birth, all the people knew this man was a cripple. And now, all of a sudden, he is walking, leaping, and praising God. What happened? So they try to cling to Peter and John. And when they do that, John announces, This act that you have seen in the healing of the crippled man who has been now made whole is not done by us. It is done by the power of Jesus. Well, this really upsets the rulers of the synagogue. And we see Acts chapter 4 where the persecution against the apostles is really going to begin. Verse 1. And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees, Sadducees don't even believe in a resurrection. The Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Everything is different. And they lent laid hands on the apostles and put them in hold in the prison until the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed. And the number of the men who believed were about 5,000. This was a very critical situation. Verse 5 And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and as many were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. 
And when they had sent them, the apostles of Jesus, in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by which means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Now some of these people that were there at that time had consented to the death of Jesus and had even brought Jesus before Pontius Pilate to be crucified. So they would see themselves guilty of the crucifixion of Jesus. And now Peter is telling them that Jesus is raised from the dead and is healing people through them on this earth. Verse 11. This is the stone, Jesus, which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The Old Testament's gone. This is the new covenant. You're going to be saved by Jesus. You are going to be forgiven by Jesus, by his blood, which was paid for your sins. Completely opposite from the Old Testament. Verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against this. He was born lame, and now all of a sudden he's jumping and walking and jumping up and down in the air and praising God. But when they had commanded them to go outside the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. We see the man healed but that it spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name of Jesus. Verse 18, And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. Verse 19, 
But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Through the years, there were many false doctrines set up in the churches, Catholic and Protestant churches. As we approach the end time, God has raised up some ministers to correct these doctrines. And I have been one of them who has brought various corrections to the church. In our case, the churches have left the doctrines of Christ as printed in the New Testament and have set up another doctrine. And in this other doctrine, they've eliminated certain scriptures from the New Testament which show sin to approve the people. And this will be damnation, and this is the end-time apostasy. Some of us today serve God to try to bring followers back to the actual instruction of the Word of God printed in the Holy Bible. Now, you would think that immediately the people who call themselves Christians will say, well, you're right, that's printed in the Bible. Therefore, I'm not going to go by what this church is teaching. That is not what I have found to be true. I've even had a woman say to me, well, I think I'll just stay with the tradition that we've been taught at church, which was opposite to what she saw printed in the New Testament. I showed this to her, and she saw it printed in the New Testament, and she agreed that this was a doctrine that they were not teaching at her church. They were teaching the opposite. And yet, she said, I think I'll stay with what we've always been taught. I know this is in the Bible, but I'm going to stay with what they're teaching at church. See, that's the job we have right now, is trying to turn the people who call themselves Christians back to the instructions given us in the New Testament Bible. So I can relate to these apostles and what they were doing in the Bible, and they had to go in and try to turn the people to Jesus. Today, they say Jesus is Lord, but they don't go by the exact scripture. They have other doctrines. One Jewish woman who had become a Christian said, Oh, but we have our own doctrine at our church. We don't go by the Bible. She actually said that. I was so shocked. I said, There is no doctrine for the church today except the New Testament Bible. So if you are following a doctrine that is not in the New Testament Bible, that's opposite from Scripture in the New Testament Bible, you are following a doctrine of Antichrist. You must follow 
the doctrine of the New Testament Bible. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul told us about the falling away that would come in the end times when Antichrist surfaces in the churches. As I was reading 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 about this apostasy that was coming, about the falling away, God said to me, the falling away are not people leaving the church groups. The falling away of the end times are the churches leaving the scriptures and setting up other doctrines. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. All over the world, we are seeing apostasy in the churches, both Protestant and, of course, Catholic is filled with it. But the Protestants, too. There was a time when it was very questioned in the churches, who is Antichrist going to be? Have we seen Antichrist? And one person said they thought it was Napoleon. One person said they thought it was Hitler. One person said they thought it was Henry Kissinger. My aunt, who was very religious and had been even taken into heaven once and saw heaven, my aunt said Antichrist is the Pope and the Catholic Church. Well, she was actually right in part. Because the Antichrist is also working in the Protestant churches. Antichrist is a spirit, not one man. It's like the devil is in many men. Antichrist, opposite to Christ, is in many religious people. The Apostle John tells us that in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. We will read that. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. John is speaking to a group of believers in the New Testament church. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrist, whereby we know it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be manifest that they were not all of us. Now John was ruling, basically, in the New Testament church where there were real believers. These men were going to come along and change the doctrines that were preached by John. Those were the Antichrist people, the spirit of Antichrist, and they were going to try to bring that spirit into their church groups and change the doctrines of Christ. Paul said exactly the same thing, in Acts chapter 20, when he was speaking to the elders of the church at Ephesus. If you start at verse 26 of Acts chapter 20, Paul says to the elders at Ephesus, 
Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. He knew they were going to come in and bring perversions and leave out some of the doctrines of Christ. For I know this, that after my departing, says Paul, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, the church, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. And that is verses 29 and 30 of Acts chapter 20. John and Paul both knew this was going to happen to the churches, that perverse men were going to come in and they were going to speak doctrines opposite to the doctrine of Christ, that is Antichrist, opposite to Christ. They were going to speak doctrines opposite to Christ and set up traditions, not of God, in the churches. And this is the end time falling away. This is the apostasy that had to come before the second coming of Jesus. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 Paul says, starting in verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord, the second coming of Christ, shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. It's going on right now in the churches. You say, oh, not my church. They haven't changed the doctrine away from the Bible. Let me ask you to look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, because Jesus said, if a man divorces a faithful wife, He will be the cause of her adultery if she remarries. And the man who marries a divorced woman will commit adultery. Is that what they're teaching in your church? That the man who marries the divorced woman commits adultery? I've never heard it taught at church. Matthew 5, 32. See, that's the falling away from Scripture. They're teaching exactly the opposite in churches today. God loves you, he forgives you, and of course you can remarry after divorce. Well, it's another gospel that they're teaching today. Many churches today are approving homosexuals and lesbians without repentance. That they continue being homosexual and lesbian and are approved by the church. That is opposite to the doctrine of Christ. Romans chapter 1, verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness 
through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural youth into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural youth of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God, the word of God, the holy scriptures, in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Homosexuals and lesbians. Romans chapter 1 26 through 28, tells what God has to say about the subject of homosexuals and lesbians. Now, we in the New Testament church don't go by our own opinion of what we think. We go by what God says in the New Testament Bible. That is the doctrine of Christ. It's been changed in many churches already. That is the end-time apostasy. And this falling away that was going to come that Paul spoke of in 2 Thessalonians 2, God said to me, this falling away are not people leaving churches. The falling away are the churches leaving the scriptures. Multiple times I have heard older people say the church today is not the way it used to be. It's so watered down now. They may not recognize that a doctrine has been changed in their churches. The falling away, the apostasy. These churches who have changed scripture and teach something opposite to the Bible are antichrist. Now, what will happen to them when Jesus returns? We read that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, start at verse 8. With the returning of Jesus, and then that wicked shall be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish in the churches, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. I have had multiple times that I have read a scripture to one of these people from one of these churches, and that person will say, well, yes, I see that is what the Bible says to do, but I'm just going to stay with the tradition that we have in our church. What's going to happen to that person? 
2 Thessalonians 2, verses 11 and 12. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion so they can stay in their church, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth of the Bible, of the Holy Scriptures of the New Testament, but had pleasure in unrighteousness at that church, where the opposite to some of the Scriptures is currently being taught and practiced. In verse 13, the Apostle Paul says, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, belief of the New Testament, the Word of God, the New Covenant, the doctrines of Christ. So when Jesus returns, he returns to gather the elect of God who believe the truth. And he will destroy the apostate church which has turned from portions of scripture and practice another doctrine which is anti-Christ. And now in the early chapters of the book of Acts, we are seeing how God is trying first to save the Jews and turn them to belief in Jesus. After that, God will go to the Gentiles. So when the priest of the synagogue at Jerusalem had further threatened the apostles of Christ, they let them go, finding nothing, how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done through the apostles of Christ by the name of Jesus in the healing of the lame man who had sat at the doors to the temple. For this man was above forty years old, on whom this miracle of healing was showed. That is verse 22 of Acts chapter 4. Verse 33, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Thank you for allowing me to share with you today.